Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 31. Boy, do we have a show for you, uh, because not only not only is Mark back, he, he, I know you guys are wondering if he was going to be back this week. He's back, but we also have Riot Sherman on to talk about the Collegiate Championships, which just happened. He'll be joining us for a little bit at the start of the show as we go through all that stuff, and then we're going to have open lines with just me and Mark to talk about all your frustrations around the fact that you can't pay, play Caitlin anymore, uh, to talk about your predictions for the start of the split, to talk about uh, whether or not that that game from Kojima is ever going to be released. Who knows? All that and more coming up on Hotline League episode 31 right now. Hotline League is brought to you by Open by HP. And we're back. We're back. The start of the show is here. Welcome, everyone, to Hotline League. Hello. I'm, I'm joined, Hello. as always, by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. Mark, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, I don't know if anything's actually changed since the last time I saw you. That's what you say literally every week. No, last week I actually had real updates Yeah. on some stuff. Um, I downloaded a PlayStation emulator because I wanted to play Valkyrie Profile. If anyone knows that game. No. Wait, you, hang on. You didn't have real updates last week. You just said there there might be things happening in the future. Those aren't real updates. That's not. That's what you do. That's like that's like how Bethesda announced Elder Scrolls. You that's know, like how you're like, I have a new show coming out. It'd be really cool. I'm, I'm going to be really excited. I had to film something. But I explained what it is. Is that a cat behind you? No. Okay. Okay. Thank God. Because <laughs> for a second, <laughs> I was really not, concerned. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Absolutely not. Okay. Well, uh, so are you, I mean, are you prepping? First off, are you doing anything E three? Are you going to any parties? Are you? Is it? Does it have any relevance to your life at all? No, I mean, like I'm kind of following the Twitter buzz. Like I saw, I watched the Kojima trailer. I'm like, I get to walk around. Like, yeah, that's cool, man. And sometimes you sneak because it's spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad. Mark Zimmerman's critical analysis of the E3 announcements is uh, just just got broadcast. Todd Howard is a god. That was yeah. the one thing that really stuck with me from everything I've watched. Is like everyone, all their conferences are so fucking bad, and Todd Howard was really good. Well, they had Andrew WK rocking people out on the Bethesda press was conference. It, was he? I don't know. I didn't watch that. I just yeah, watched yeah. the other people like talk about their games, and yeah. it's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't get like this guy. Yeah. Are you waking up to watch uh, Smash tomorrow morning? Is that when the thing is? The, the tournament's at like 9 a.m. tomorrow. Absolutely not. <laughs> Fenron, uh, Fenron spent, sent people to our chat, apparently. Uh, we got also, for the first time ever, Sherman, Riot Sherman, on the show today. Or as I like to call him, Bob Vader. Uh, why, which, why that? Did you not? That was that's his, like, that that's was like his, old school. <laughs> yeah, he. I think Sherman's been on one of my shows before, right? You were on Who's League or Say League? I don't think I ever was. Maybe you coordinated somebody coming on? Maybe. Yeah, well. Like probably like a long time ago. Yeah. Pre-Riot well, days. Yeah. Well, it was Bob Vader. Did you not know that, Mark? That used to be his handle. No. Yeah. Bob Vader. Either way, Sherman, do you want to explain to a little bit to the audience who you are and what you do at Riot? Sure. Uh, I'm Sherman. I've been at Riot for about four years now and um, been working in the college space the entire time. Done everything from work on the college championship, work with college clubs, work with uh, universities who are looking to how do they invest in games. Um, a lot of my job is really just helping schools and presidents think about why games can be good for their school. Yeah. 
Very good. Well, we'll be talking about uh, college esports. Somebody in the the chat just asked, is the show going to be about summer split or business stuff? Uh, I don't think very much business stuff. We will be talking, uh, taking your calls about college esports for the first uh, 30 or so minutes of the show. Uh, and then, uh, as I said at the start of the show, Mark and I are going to open it up to uh, to callers for other things that you guys can talk about. Um, yeah, a number of different stuff. I definitely want to pop off that how fucking cool the meta is going to be and like how it's going to influence teams and hopefully people don't bitch out. So like, I'll definitely want to talk about all that before hanging out talking about collegiate which i did this week i guess if i'm gonna actually update on what i did in the college finals <laughs> yeah yeah so wait actually maybe it's a good time to, to take us through mark and sherman uh what because uh, you know i'm sure a decent amount of the audience uh international might not have watched the college stuff do you guys want to talk about what happened uh yeah i mark, mean all do you remember sherman. it yeah i was about to go and perfectly break down what happened this weekend. Okay, go uh, for it. So the reigning champions, Maryland, was the one seed. Maryville. Back. Maryville. God damn it. I was All right. Maryville we've already fucked up. <laughs> Never. I, I was there. Yeah. All right, just restart. Yeah, I watched right. it. I watched right. it live, and I saw how sad Strike those, one. those guys were. Anyways, they were the first match of the, the event uh, in the semifinal or quarterfinals, and they lost, and that's when you knew it was going to be a fun event. And then... After that, things mostly went according to plan. There were a couple other upsets, and then UCI ended up taking the whole thing. And yeah. it was really fun. I got to cast, or I did the uh, analyst test for the last two days. So it was yep. cool, cool, cool. Very good. Uh, how do you feel about how the event went, Sherman, before we get into calls? Uh, this is my fifth college championship, and uh, I think this one was the, the craziest. I just didn't expect a round one upset like that. Eighth seed versus first seed. Yeah. Uh, Maryland kind of in desperation versus uh, UC Irvine pulled out a crazy third game. Um, I mean, the games were awesome. You know, I've, I love just getting to, to meet all the players every year. A lot of my job is online and uh, like I don't get to put names to faces until this event every year. So it's it, this is I look forward to it every year. Yeah. I've also done the finals the last three years, so I am uh, the world's leading expert on college. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no. I think Sherman knows like, a lot more of the storylines and stuff like that than I do. I, I know a lot of the like school storylines. You guys know the players and like, you can talk about the games better than I can. Yeah. Combined. I always show up to be like, guys, two varsity teams are playing against each other this year. We should... We should talk about that. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, as, I, as I said, we're going to be taking your calls about uh, college esports and college uh, and League of Legends uh, for the next uh, 30 or so minutes. Uh, and then we'll be opening up. So, uh, as uh, Mark, I don't know if you want to go ahead and, and uh, explain how this works and maybe we can get our first wave of college topics uh, captured. Did you move someone out of the waiting room? I did not. I have not touched the waiting room. Did I put someone in the wrong room? I don't know. But maybe you can explain how this works to all uh, of our sorry. people patiently so, waiting. No, no, it's, it's okay. Let me, let me sit in here and think about things. Um, so this is the Discord link. If you guys have never watched the show, what you're going to want to do, go to that Discord, join up in there. And when you get there, there will be a Pleb Calls uh, voice channel that you'll want to join. Mute yourself once you're in there. And then you'll go to the Pleb Topics channel um and 
you'll be able to discuss uh, what you want us to pull you in for. So that's where you'll go ahead and say, I think college esports should stay away from the NCAA because they're the devil. Uh, and then Sherman can sweat profusely and answer that question. Uh, and so, you know, after the period of time, I like takes, like I said, in that one, don't just say, I want to talk about college esports and the NCAA. Please include what your actual thoughts are. And we'll, we'll take a couple of those. Yep. And, uh, and if you are a sub to the channel, uh, feel free to join in the sub chat because there's a uh, you can actually put your question in there. We do check that one as well, and there's a little less competition, so it, it does increase your chances, I think, maybe of getting picked. Um, as I make sure that my Postmates delivery is here, uh, do you want to go investigate that, my friend? Okay. Um, all right. We should be ready to go in just a moment as Mark is pulling people. Um, Sherman. Yeah. What else do you? What else are your passions? What are you into besides college? Board esports? games and crypto and making shit. I yeah, making shit. I, I guess I used to make. I haven't made it anything cool in like a year now. So, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say when I first met Sherman, he was just getting started out in, in like the collegiate scene, and he showed me some shit that he wrote for uh, like a program for like representing data in the LCS or not in the LCS, but like just stuff like like live games. Yeah. Live games. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the coolest shit ever. And then he went to college and I was slightly disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I was a, a, an engineer in school. Uh, before I started at riot, I just wrote kind of cool community, uh, like tools. One of them, like really early days, if anyone remembers the well-played tournaments, yeah. uh, I, I wrote a bunch of tools to pull live stats from the game. This is like pre-LCS, even having like gold graphs and stuff. So, I mean, we thought it was cutting edge and we were just like, what What are all the things we can track? What What are all the things we can learn from this? And then like we just had like this giant screen of all these buttons that you could like, I want to see the gold graph. I want to see the CS difference. I want to just visualize all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. And that was before the LCS had it too. If I yeah, that, that was in like 2012, uh, 2013. There you go. Um, so yeah, old old days, old days, old days. back in the Bob <laughs> Vader days. All right, should All we right. pull our first caller? All right, so I'm trying to put this Anna person in the waiting room. I've done it like three times, and I thought you were fucking with me. I am not. I have not touched my mouse. I don't like. She wrote a question that so I thought we'll just would be bring her back. Go to the waiting room, drag her into the waiting room, and see if we can get this. I was like, stop moving. Maybe we're just having connection issues. Hey, Kelby. Just used his Twitch Prime. Kelby, a frequent guest and uh, sometimes co-host on the show, who has told me explicitly he can't come on the show for several weeks because he's too busy doing shit with Dota 2, which is, among the reasons you couldn't come on to the show, one of the worst. So, uh, <laughs> why is Kelby on the show anymore? Why isn't he on the show anymore? I'd love to have him on. Uh, just waiting for that wonderful day. When he can return. Uh, oh, speak we have somebody. Oh, hello. We've got SK, SK New. How do you pronounce uh, that? You can just call me Dennis. Dennis? <laughs> we've got... <laughs> no, we don't, we don't do that here. Like, we've we got Dennis <laughs> on the show it's today. Be, it's supposed to be Nukes, but I like, swapped up my name like Apto did from Dopa, because I, I love that guy. We've got Nukes on the show. Uh, Nukes, new. what, do you, what do you want to... <laughs> can I call him Dennis? Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. What I what I'll respond to. Um. So where, where are you? Hang on, really quickly. Where are you calling from? Sorry, I'd be remiss uh, if I. Westchester, New York. Westchester, New York. Okay. So what do you want to talk about on the show today? Um, I want to talk about this for a while on the show, um, but it's never been picked before. But I wanted to talk about the effect of culture versus infrastructure in relevance to player development, and like uh, the like kind of the pattern you see across different sports, and then like what it is in league, All right. and um, also why the NL- NALCS seems to be moving in the right direction with it. All right, I specifically with college getting. Yeah. Right. So that yes, yeah, so this seems less about college the way you're describing it. This no, also I, sounds I like. I'm saying college is a good step in the right direction. Oh, okay. Like, it sounds like you are are right. You've written a thesis statement. Uh, I mean, no, but I uh, I definitely have like a few thoughts on it that I would be interested in your guys' take. Okay. Response. Very good. Uh, yes, we'll go for it, and I'm going to meet myself okay. so I can start eating. Um, What's the mark's so, brain? I'm a I'm a big soccer fan, and I'm also a big Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fan, and uh, I've always wondered why America is like not the best or like not really improving at these sports. And then I got into league two years ago, and then I see Korea is like absolutely dominant in the last three world championships, and now they have China with like throwing all these money. Like you always read about the Korean pros going over there for bigger paychecks, better teams, like more money, more opportunity. But uh, up until you know this last MS- MSI. It's always been Korean dominated, and then uh, when you look at you know the other sports that I mentioned like soccer, it's still uh, there's more money even over here in like the player developments and like uh, better fields, better whatever. And then in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like in uh, the gyms and like the uh, the all the all the um, amenities are better over here, but Brazil still produces all the world champions. And like I'm saying that in comparison to like Korea, where the pay is not as high it seems like the culture is driving these things like soccer over in Europe and like these other sports. And I wanted to say that like, I think Korea is still going to stay on top and that NALCS is definitely, or the Korean championship is doing better um, with the college championship is doing better with our doing the right things by getting the players younger and giving them uh, smaller steps into getting in professional and not as big of a leap. I- I, I know I said like ten things, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, can, do you guys mind if I jump in? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, I love this topic because, like, um, my take all the time is uh, it's not about how much money or how much how many things you build into it. It's just a, the culture uh, of a of a sport is what makes it successful. It's the reason, like, in the U.S., that we're just better at basketball than like every other country out there is the culture of basketball is so well supported um, and encouraged. Like, uh, I, I, we look at college the same way as like, we're not just looking for there to be a stepping stone. Uh, we don't think that there just needs to be like a competitive stepping stone. We just think college can change the way that people think about games as like, uh, specifically like esports or League of Legends as being like good. Um, we want like a parent to be encouraging games from an early age because that that kind of mentality shift and cultural shift will create the next level of player whether or not they come through the college scene or not but like it's a lot of things can have a pro scene not everything can be a college sport um like i've subscribed to the ocho on reddit and uh it's filled with like here's competitive like knife cutting and uh (laughs) It's like, yeah, there's a pro scene for just about everything, but like, um, college is kind of a sh- an example of like a shift in culture. 
that's uh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. So you, why, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, that's why I think that's like the good. That's why I think it's a good move because it's a shift in culture and not in infrastructure. You're not just throwing more money at these players, right? Like, uh, like Morphine TV and chat said, dude, the reason the USA sucks in soccer is because we don't have an infrastructure, but we do. Like, there's soccer fields everywhere. There's teams everywhere, but the culture is just not there supporting it. Like, if you go to the other countries and you travel a little bit, like they're playing soccer in the street constantly. Like, that's why yeah. I think Korea is dominant in league because it's so. You know, it's just so part of their culture. They're just trying to get better. They're, it's a small culture, smaller player base, less money, but they're just driving this culture through just to get better. And, like, it's just an obsession over there. While it's here, it's just, like, a hobby for people. And now I think with having it in college, it completely – it's a step in the right direction of creating another, like, another more enveloping culture where the players will just get better and be more constructive rather than just spamming solo queue and AFKing if, you know, they die three times in lane. Sherman, Wait, I mean, I'm what sure – Oh, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, Sherman, what kind of actual effect do you guys have on these college campuses? Because I know oftentimes you'll have an esports club of maybe like 100, 150 people. Do you feel like it's hitting the scale that you need to actually make that kind of cultural impact? Because when I think about college sports and, and even all the way down to like high school football and, and like places like Texas, which I believe is yeah. where you're from, like yep. that stuff is just huge. And you get all the community come out for this. Uh, do you feel like there's ever going to be a point in time where you you can push it? One, do you think that the the level that it's at right now is is big enough for for it to start to have that cultural impact? And two, do you think that you could ever see it growing into that level where you actually do get communities involved and you do have uh, yeah. you know the school supporting it in in as much of a way as they might support their other yeah. sports? No, I mean, I think we're having like various levels of cultural impact at like different schools. I always talk about it like if if a club is the most successful part of a school, like our team at Riot is failing because like you should not have to like specifically join a club in order to like celebrate your passion. It's like I joined Filipino Student Association when I was in college. I was not Filipino, but it was like a culture club. I liked hanging out with the people and I played intramural soccer uh, in college. And so like I was able to combine all sorts of different things that I love to do just because they were accepted and integrated throughout school. So like we see some schools now like launching intramural programs, like MIT has like an M intramural program where you can like sign up your five man team and play League of Legends. Um, like we imagine a world in which like the fraternities and sororities are like trying to recruit, like find the best league players to come to their, uh, or, or the, the culture clubs like join um, so they can like form the best teams. Um, I always like the vision that I always try and paint is uh, I want like a high schooler with like an amazing GPA to have the option to go to Stanford, Ohio State or Harvard on a scholarship. On a League of uh, Legends scholarship, you're saying? On a League of Legends scholarship. Yeah. Um, and like we're not we're pretty far from that world, but like that represents a total like change in the way that like games will just be encouraged. Yeah, like, and oh, then, yeah, you can go to Harvard because you're good at games, or you could go to Ohio State. And it's like you're a great student; you get to choose whatever you want. So you're the main draw there is you're creating kind of like a, a cultural phenomena, and you actually have outside forces that are encouraging people to play League of Legends um, yeah. because mm -hmm. there are, are like there are people I think whose parents push them to play traditional sports because they know it can get them a scholarship. You would like to see people's parents saying, like, how's your malphite going, Bobby? <laughs> well, like, you know, 
like uh, uh, Rick Fox did this, like talks about this really well. He was like, um, he wanted to be a basketball player. And uh, he, he has this interview where he's like, excuse my French, but nobody shit on that. Uh, he was like, it was encouraged. It was supported um, because like they knew there was a future in that. And I think any, like I said, anything can create a pro scene, but you require, you mentioned it like external validation to, to say that something is good. Like we're a video game company and all of us are gamers. So like, yeah, esports is great. Like we want it to grow, but when a college president like says, or like somebody who, whose opinion matters, gives it that external validation, it, it changes the way people think about it. Are I there, have a quick question. Oh, go ahead, Dennis. Uh, when you were talking about like, you want kids to think about going to like scholarship from Ohio State, right? Uh, that works for like traditional sports because usually you have these kids in high school they're coming up they're greatly you know they're they're so far ahead above everyone else they're head and shoulders and yeah. they don't get to play against top level players right they're playing against people locally or maybe they travel yeah. but their bodies aren't developed that's why usually the sports yep. are like the professional debut is pushed back in yeah. esports though they can log on and if they're high challenger they're playing against Bjergsen they're playing against Biofrost they're playing against Doublelift and they have that tier you know, unless someone trolls, they have high-level practice right away. So yeah. why why would you want to promote them to go to college and play esports when they could be, if they're good enough to go professional right away? You know, I mean, you know what I mean? Because it's they don't yeah. have like the physical, um, like you know, they don't have the physical yeah. accountability because they're not going to be smaller than anyone else. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But like, I thought it was a good move because I thought it gave more time for development. You know, because maybe some people are that master tier and they're like 18, 19 years old. And then, the, you know, they have to go to college and they're like, uh, they're like, oh, maybe I have to, you know, I'm going to take a, a heavy course load. But if they go to school and they get the treatment that other athletes do and they get, you know, some breaks, I was like, maybe they do make that LCS level um, leap, you know, yeah. after a few years. We don't think like, um, you know, like nothing's formalized right now. And like, if there's a great challenger player that's like LCS caliber, like, go for it. But the reality is right now, there's not a bunch of 17-year-old challenger, like high-level challenger players just going straight to the LCS. Instead, like a lot of teams are saying like a challenger ladder, and Mark back, like correct me on this because you probably have heard this more than I have. But like uh, just because you're a challenger player at the top of the ladder really doesn't mean anything. Like Julian, who played in the college championship, is like consistently ranked one in the challenger ladder. But like teams are looking for people who can give feedback, who can learn from their mistakes, who can like be a part of a team environment, have great communication skills and college. Like have a great not- ton of success in the LCK. <laughs> that was great. If, if you're not getting that like beforehand, like you're not getting that through playing on the ladder. Um, and like if the only stepping stone is to go from like ladder to academy team it feels like there's a lot of risks involved for a team Mm -hmm. so like if there's a ton of schools out there who are all investing in infrastructure and coaches like then that means there's a lot more player development that can happen um before you get to that level like i would love a world where a pro coach can like just say like this school constantly turns out their best players and like just candidly ask another college coach like what are their biggest weaknesses like what should i be looking out for in this player I think a, a really cool example of like what the ecosystem could look like when it's working well is like kind of what happened with University of Toronto, where like three of those guys, well, the whole team obviously played in the finals, they lost whatever, but then their coach like reached out to a bunch of academy teams and said like, you should take a look at our guys. I think they're really good, blah, 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 blah. 
And then three of them plus the coach ended up on FlyQuest Academy. And like, I don't think a lot of those guys might've got that chance. One, if Academy didn't change to become more focused on player development. Two, if the uh, collegiate scene existed to give those guys a place to shine in a 5v5 setting. Um, And I think like a lot of this stuff isn't about like competing where it's like, we want collegiate to succeed and get against esports, but more like giving more paths to get there or even just be its own ecosystem for collegiate where like, yeah, not all those guys are going to go pro. Like you heard Bloodwater interviewed. He was like, I'm not really interested. Descarton said like, I think it was Descarton said he's not really interested, but Captain Nuke was like, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Descarton's fascinating though. Cause like Descarton was like, a computer engineering major, a 3.9 GPA. According to his coach, he solo queues more than anyone on the team, yet he also tutors the team. <laughs> um, like, And he was the, the all-star of the finals. Like, I don't know how you can be that good. And the fact that he doesn't have any aspirations to go pro, but yet he's on a scholarship is, like, uh, awesome in my opinion. Yeah, so, like, that's an example of a guy who, like, if esports is only like the highest level, that guy doesn't have like a place to use his skill set, really. Why is that? Uh, why is that awesome though? Because don't you want like the true success story would be like this this god tier person entering the NALCS, right? Well, yeah. not everyone wants to do that. Like, I think I'm not. I'm not saying that everyone should. I'm just saying like you just described a person I would love to have on. FlyQuest or Golden Guardians or one of these teams right. because, like, mm-hmm. that's the type of person that could become true NALCS talent. So it's, it's weird to me to hear, we've got this great guy. He's got amazing <laughs> leadership capabilities. He understands the game. He can multitask. He's amazing, and he doesn't even – and uh, he's never going to enter the NALCS, just not interested at all. It's like, all right, well, now I guess uh, let's see what one of those throw-off SKT players are doing next year, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but – Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like that. I agree. Like, I would love if Descartan was more interested in going pro, but like, he's not. Okay. Well, at least he he has this for like to to showcase and be like an avenue of success and to like be a, a different kind of esports success story. That's like, yeah, he's not faker. He's somebody else who, who did something really cool in esports. And, and then and maybe like, that's, maybe that's also cultural. Like, maybe it's like too early. Like that someone like that. You know, like I agree with you. Like, if someone's that good, like, it would—it's a shame that they don't go want to go pro, in that sense. But the fact that he could do it is still like a, a I think a, a step in the right direction. Well, anyway, I think Dennis, you were on the show for quite some time. We have to move on. I'm sorry to say. No, I, pre- it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks, your Dennis. time. Yeah, it was a good topic. Thank you. Later. Shout out Omen by HP. I bought a computer because of you. Wait, oh, really? Hey! <laughs> I, tweeted, did... I, tweeted, I tweeted at you about it, and you retweeted it. Thanks, dude. That stuff actually is super helpful, by the way. <laughs> that no, stuff I, is super I, helpful. I was looking at Alienware's and everything, and I was like thinking about computers, and then I remember I watched a show, and I was like, I'll go give them a look at Best Buy, because I didn't want to build a computer, because I'm a bum. And yeah. I was like, oh, they're actually pretty good, they're comparable, and they're actually well-priced, so I'm going to shout out my boy Travis. Thank Have you. Have you used it yet? Have I used it? Yeah, like you have. Yeah, yeah, no, I've yeah, I've been using it. My computer, my old computer broke. I was out of league for like two months, and I was like, I need a computer. And then I took it out of the box that day, plugged in, got back into my plat games, and uh, continue to be an NA pleb. Hey, so you're <laughs> and calling you're on, being, you're and calling you're being, on an eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tweet this right now to you if you want, Travis. Yeah. On the Thank show you. with my home HP. Yeah, if somebody yeah. wants to uh, 
clip this segment. It would be amazing. I will go into an email to some people that I know. Thanks so much, Dennis. All right, thank you. Yeah. Shout out my boy JJ and Zach. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. That's amazing, by the way. Um, speaking of supporters, uh, we need to uh, give a couple shout outs. We got uh, Smoke Dog, who subbed for three months. Christabel resubbed for seven months. Says, I'm hungry. Uh, thankfully, Shake Shack has arrived, so she's good. Finn Greer subbed. Uh, Jedi Mace resubbed for two months. Hey, Travis, thanks for being a constant source of content for the LOL community. I've enjoyed your streams and the streams you recommend. I appreciate you, man. Uh, Pyromaniac55, Baby Kangaroos, Foinko, Fun Size Fluffy. And we've got Anna here. Anna, who was dodging Mark's attempts to get her on the show. Anna, where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. I'm calling from the Windy City. The Windy City, which is Chicago, I believe, right? Chicago, yes. Oh, very good. I totally didn't need that clarified. Well, I mean, not. We've got a good lot of international meeting, callers. Do you think all these people know? I, I was going to say Minnesota, so. All right, whatever. We are actually not the windiest city okay. in Chicago. Boston is actually windier. No. But I hear there's a high crime rate. Anna, what do you want to talk about on the show today? Um, so I actually had the chance to watch a little bit of the, I think it was at the University of Maryland versus University of California at Irvine game. Um, and the casters were mentioning that a couple of the players were ex-pro players like Youngbin. And I wonder if that gives them maybe an unfair advantage if the players have had previous pro experience and maybe what your thoughts are on allowing that should it be allowed and yeah yeah let's see who was who was on there Bloodwater, young ben and latman latman yeah. yeah yeah so uh what gives sherman why are you letting these <laughs> former pros uh smurf in the college scene uh you know i think it's it's too early exactly to say like whether or not that's a good or bad thing. Uh, my take is the college level of play like has just elevated over the last four years. Like my first championship I worked on, there was a plat player in the in the final or in the uh, uh, that qualified for the live finals. And this year we had all masters and challenger players. Um, of those, like yeah, those three players were former pros. Young Ben's always the one who I like. He played a couple of games. Bloodwater, on the other hand, like qualified for Worlds or like played at yeah. Worlds. So like, <laughs> there's different like calibers of like pro play. Um, so I don't know if it's like a good or bad thing yet, honestly. Uh, mm -hmm. And like right now, I, I mean, I think it's good that those players, especially like when League was really early and like underdeveloped, you know, they I felt like uh, again, let's, this is like Bloodwater. I think made a lot of sacrifices to be where they were. So I think it's cool that they could go back and like go play in college if they wanted to. I think now it's slightly different because there's a lot more infrastructure, like salaries are way higher and like you can like make a longer career out of it. But I think back then you were taking a huge risk when there were like 40 teams that called themselves pro pro League of Legends teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To me, it, like, I understand some of the stigma, I guess, to say of it, like, especially in traditional sports, like going pro and then like going back to college and still playing is, is a little backwards. But I think like with how esports has developed at this stage, I don't think it's that awkward. It's like most of these guys like gave something up to become 
League of Legends pros. And then this is kind of them taking something back for themselves using the same skill set, which I think is cool more than like they're taking it away from other more deserving people. Like I, I don't really feel that way. Um, they're, they're still like legitimately going to college. It's not like they're smurfing and like not actually going like getting degrees, you know, like a lot of these guys, especially, you know, like Descreton and like blood water is like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going back pro. Like I'm just doing this because I'm in college and I have this skill set and it's fun and I get a reward for having this skill set. And they're not like, yeah, I just joined a random college to like shit on kids. You know, like if that was what people were doing, I would see it, but the, the rewards aren't really there to be worth it. So like the only people you have are like legitimate college students who, by the way, in my former life, I was a pro. Hey, uh, Anna, is there anything else you'd say at the end? Sorry, we've got two more callers, so I want to want to rush through it. No, no, that's it. Um, shout out to Omen by HP. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. <laughs> really appreciate it. Uh, stay, stay warm in the Windy City. Will do. Thanks. Thanks, Anna. All right. Uh, who we got next? Uh, looks like Mark is off to grab one of them. And Blueberry Ice Creams has subbed. I am Elvis for Resub, and this is Hotline League, the show where we watch Travis try to fix the audio every week. Love your content. That's true. Uh, Maddie Frigg resubbed and says more Kelby. Well, Kelby doesn't want to be on the show because uh, he's too busy managing a Dota team like a jerk. Kelby subs, speaking of Kelby. Marax624 has resubbed for three months. Says three months we Ledusher has subbed and Sylvan Lore has subbed. By the way, we lost about 150 subs in the past week because they were Twitch Primes that expired. Uh, people that gave those subs about a month ago to help me go to MSI. So we only need about a quarter of you to resub, and then we'll be back. Uh, we got Ray on the show. Ray, where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from Chicago as well. Very good. Okay, we got hey. this is Chicago... I don't know what's going on in Chicago today, but you guys are apparently staying inside. Is it, is it like bad weather right now? Yeah. Or is it just um, I mean, it did rain a little bit, but um, I mean, nothing too terrible. Okay. Rain. Yeah. As a Californian, that sounds exactly like what you would do to stay inside. Ray, what do you want to talk about on the show today? All right. So um, I guess it'd be more toward uh, uh, Sherman here, but um, just kind of talk about uh, what the possibility of Riot utilizing potentially more media outlets and YouTubers to promote College League. Uh, and then maybe uh, perhaps using Travis in maybe some of your interviews to uh, get getting people more interested in some of these college players like he does with the pros. Um, I do realize it is a lot harder, um, you know, for to get a lot of the pros to, to get interviews, but some of these younger kids, maybe, I mean, interviews, they, they might be a little more, you know, manageable. Yeah, Sherman, why don't you invite me to cover the college championships oh, this weekend? Yeah, Travis. I texted Travis like three times before the. You texted me. Okay. Caitlin, the PR person who was handling this, sent me a very big email about how great it was uh, <laughs> to come and check this out. And I, like, I've been really getting ready for E3 and doing a bunch of other stuff uh, recently and launched the new show last Friday. And so I, I like didn't get around to replying to her email, and then I just get this text from Sherman that just says, "Free in and out truck on Sunday." <laughs> that was the only yeah. thing he said. <laughs> and and uh, and I will admit, um, I did show up on Sunday. I did get some free in and out. I did stick around for for interviews. Um, I like this. Wait, you didn't interview anyone? No, I tweeted no, about I, it though. I told him though. I was like, "Just come get a burger. I want yeah. you to just see the event." Yeah, I, um, yeah, so for me, for me, and uh, somebody actually said Travis has a, a college journalism intern. Actually, I should have found somebody who could do 
some coverage that would have been a, uh, not a bad idea. My my take on this stuff, I I've always covered the college stuff altruistically because I feel like I I really am a big fan of college esports as a as a concept, even if I don't follow it myself. Because I frequently think about how much I wish that it had existed whenever I was in college, because I probably would have had an amazing scholarship through it. Um, but I no, I would have had a good time with it, right? Like I none of the clubs at my school really interested me, and and so I the the problem is is that nobody watches a lot of these interviews, uh, Ray. That's one of the big struggles that I have is that. I think it's better for like an ESPN to do a like segment on college esports that gets aired on SportsCenter or something than it is for me to stick it on my YouTube channel because quite frankly, like a lot of people will just reply with you know college interview resident sleeper. So it's it's for me it's always been like whenever we did the stuff at Yahoo, I think if I rec- can recall, we actually did share some of that content over on Yahoo Sports because. College esports, like from a let's put it this way, from a sponsor perspective, it was really easy to always get interest from sponsors uh, through college esports. I'm sure Sherman knows this because, like, and has experienced this. Like, it's super strange. People don't understand esports, but the moment you say it's like college sports, they're like, oh, okay, let's get involved. So, anyway, that's why I haven't uh, been too involved in it myself. But, Sherman, I don't know if you have thoughts on that or if you want to fire back yeah. at me and tell me I'm just doing shitty interviews and that's no. why people aren't watching them or what? No, I, I, uh, I, I like, I watch. <laughs> our take has always been like, it's really hard to get people interested in a school that's not their own. And I think that's like one of the biggest struggles. Like if Travis does like one interview with one player from UC Irvine, I like as much as I love it. I don't, and like, I'm sure a bunch of UC Irvine students love it. I don't know how many people are like that didn't go to UC Irvine care about that. And I think that's like a big, big part of it. We even with the championship, it was one of the reasons we grew from four schools to eight schools was because we wanted to have like more schools that could like draw in an appeal. Um, so I, I like think there's opportunity for us to do better. We struggle with it when it's like, uh, especially we've had a history of small schools. So like, uh, Mary, like RMU was a couple of thousand students versus UC Irvine, which was 20, uh, 30,000 students. So like it, and a lot of other like traditional sports have like years of legacy of like people who went to the school were a fan of it then. Um, and then like cared afterwards. So, like, I think we're still in, like, the early days for a lot of that to be, like, it's pretty easy to get a message out there, but, like, for it to feel impactful and, like, for people to want to keep consuming it, it has to feel relevant. And I think until it's your school, like, it's hard for that, or your, the school you're a fan of, I think it's hard to feel that way. Sherman, have you guys tried, like, celebrity streams or celebrity casters or whatever? Because that's a little different from what I do, but, you know, imagine if you, you did have, I don't... I keep thinking cutie pie, but I don't think I would have him do this. Um, yeah. So I feel like he just trashed on the players. But, you know, are, are there people out there, League of Legends figures or whatever, that could come in and do these broadcasts every now and then to kind of like hype people up, you know? We, we talked about it internally a lot, actually. Um, it's something that uh, I think we're still trying to figure out the right way to do. I mean, like the... We talked about like cutie pie, like just internally, like, oh, what would be cool? How like what would be the coolest version of him like supporting the college championship? 
And it's hard to like find answers to that those questions. Like just, um, I'm I'm not like we're a small team and like we don't have a ton of resources uh, when it comes to like thinking creatively. Yeah. But like we talked about those. I mean, Mark is pretty famous, so I always love him having having him. Oh, does the, he? Uh, does he do college stuff? I didn't. I didn't even. Know. Yeah, there were like twenty thousand of those viewers were there specifically for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly. Gotcha. Yeah. If you just look at the first two days broadcasts and then my two days, it's and in no way is it the extra Twitch push. You can't argue with that. No, nope, nope, it's all me. Like, who's the new guy in the broadcast pulling the people? In? Oh, it's Mark. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because a lot of those personalities are popular because they have strong opinions about stuff. And I think them coming in would potentially not present the nicest picture, but it would be interesting. And by the way, Ray... Um, Worth noting that ESPN Esports was there this past weekend and actually did do coverage, unlike, unlike that slacker mm-hmm. Travis Gafford. So, uh, you know, I, I do know that, that it seems like on Riot's side they are reaching out to people to try to get interviews and stuff going. Yeah, we had a, we had hired a PR agency to help us. Like, we set up a bunch of interviews with, like, all the school local school newspapers uh, for all the schools that were playing. Like, I actually did an interview with my alma mater, UT Dallas, and they were playing in the championship. Um, I found like SB Nation has like a, a, uh, a website dedicated to University of Illinois' um, coverage, and they like covered the fact that Illinois upset Maryville. So like, there's a lot of really local coverage, which is pretty cool. Um, but I think there's a there's a ton of room for us to get better at that. Yeah, I think also like uh, what Travis was saying at the beginning about having like mainstream media coverage is more useful than Travis in the sense where like. Travis's demographic is esports fans and like reaching them. I don't know how, like other than getting more eyeballs on it, which is always good. It doesn't like, I think you could argue it does less than like reaching a broader, newer audience of like people and parents who are like, Oh shit, I didn't realize this was a thing. Whereas like, you always want to do that with esports too, but they're not going to become hardcore fans. Whereas like if they're exposed to this on the collegiate level, like we we're saying earlier, if your kid is then like, Hey, did you guys know that this is a thing? Like, they're already more aware of it that that there are sponsor scholarships and things like that. So I think probably more important than Travis is those other like larger news outlets. Yeah. Travis doesn't get offended. Fucking me saying that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I, I almost I almost figured like um, like maybe Pokey or Cutie or you know all some of those uh, internet personalities and yeah. getting into those facets like would have would like really help. A lot of those people are also very expensive, by the way. Just uh, Sherman doesn't have to say I this, bet. but I will. Like a lot of those people command day rates that are pretty crazy, so it's sort of. I think it can be kind of hard to decide. You know, is is it worth it? You know, I have no idea what Cutie Pie's rate is, but let's say it's fifty thousand dollars a day. Is it better to spend fifty thousand dollars a day getting Cutie Pie to cast it for one day, or doing something else? You know, maybe maybe doing advertising at, uh, that targets like that school in a different way or something along those lines. So. Hey, Ray, thank you so much for calling on the show. Yeah, Ben, I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate Thanks, Ray. All right, last, last caller on, on the, on the caller stuff. Yeah. I was hoping for like a really like controversial hot take. This might be yeah, it if yeah. this is the guy I think We had a controversial hot take on the show a couple episodes again, and then <clears throat> it was handled in a very brutal way, and, and now people are nervous about it. Um, We've got... Uh, LaDoucher, who subbed, Sylvan Lore subbed, Sherman subbed. Thank you, Sherman, for using his, his Twitch Prime 
on the show. I'm literally just paid by Riot at this moment. Uh, Raw Bear Toe sent 200 bits and is now the current bit leader, I think, for the the week. The Wayward Soul resub for two months and says, happy to support you, Travis. And then uh, Coitus... Here you go, Sherman. Careful what you ask for. <laughs> Coitus Wizard has resub for three months and says, just have sneaky host and cosplay. We've got Mahub. Is that how you pronounce your name? M-Hub. I'm also Mark, but everyone differentiates me by calling me M-Hub. Okay, M-Hub. M-Hub. Wait, who differentiates you? Like, is it like people... Uh, as if you and Mark run in the same circle and you're, it's like, well, we got to call you M-Hub because Mark Zimmerman is Mark. This is an inside job. We well, often work right. with other Marks, too. Like, no, we've we already talked about how famous I am. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have monetized, uh, monopolized the term yeah. Mark yeah. name. Very good. Well, M-Hub, uh, where are you calling from? Ollie, North Carolina. North Carolina. What do you want to talk about on the show? I hear it's uh, controversial. First, I want to I want to preface this with saying that I think collegiate esports is really really great, and I hope as it continues to develop and become a keystone piece of infrastructure for the developmental part of competitive esports, I would hope that it stays far away from the NCAA affiliation because I think the NCAA has proven to be uh, glorified indentured servitude for athletes. Okay. All right. Do you, do you want do you do you want to elaborate anymore or should we just dive in? Yeah, yeah. So let's look at uh, so the college scene for competitive sports like basketball and football in the states has uh, become the developmental league, right? There's no real academy league for basketball and football, for instance. These people are uh, given scholarships to go study and play sports, and in reality, they're not studying. They're playing these sports at an incredibly high level, and then they're but they're not paid for their service, which is essentially a job making the NCAA a crap ton of money. And then they're risking losing their career through injuries by not getting paid for two to four years and then losing out on the ability to make a living off of their craft. So I hope esports, even though it continues to need this developmental infrastructure, stays away from the NCAA and exploiting the athletes the way the NCAA has seemed to have done. Yeah, I, I can like... I don't know exactly like uh, where anything will land. You know, I'm sure everyone's read the conversations that uh, the NCAA is like investigating their role. Here's like the way we've like looked at it on, on the riot side. Um, we're not like College League of Legends is not basketball and football. Like a lot of the state of those sports is driven by the fact that they make a ton of money. Um, and there there's also like examples of this where like MLB makes a ton of money, but college baseball does not. A lot of the money from those those two sports fund like 90 other sports within college athletics. Um, so we don't know exactly like where we land. Kind of the other tricky part is they all kind of report to the same people. Um, the NCAA is made up of university presidents. So to one extent, like I'm not calling out presidents, but like, and we like the Condoleezza Rice just led uh, uh, the Rice Commission talked a lot about this is like president university presidents who run the NCAA effectively are a lot of the cause for where it's at right now as an organizing body. Um, so it's tough to say exactly like what not working with them will change. Um, we don't have like any plans right now to work with the NCAA, but um, I talked about the scenario, the world we want to live in, where like a student can go to college to play League of Legends, like any college and like the best colleges and like 
the state schools and the amazing private schools. Like, so we don't exactly know, like, it's not good for us to speculate, but that's where, like, the way we look at it is whatever's going to get us to that end state uh, most effectively is, is beneficial. What do you think then is the is going to be the next step? Because in, in my mind, right, you, you mentioned, I think, with the first caller, the second caller is you have athletes right now, like collegiate esport athletes who are doing esports as a side to their academics. Mm -hmm. What happens when the esports becomes their focus and you need something similar to the NCAA? Like, what do you think is the next evolution for that? Whenever you have sure. people going to college to play the sport and academics is a side hustle. So there's a couple versions of it. Like right now we've, we've started working with college conferences and those are kind of like smaller governing bodies at the college level. They, they manage a lot of the administration of a college sport on a campus. Uh, Riot right now, if anyone were to ask us, like we're the governing body of College League of Legends. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion out there of like what it looks like. I've always said this to my team. Um, if we are serious about this, like we need to recognize the roles that we're going to need to play. Some of those roles are like expensive and not like there's no ROI behind them. Um, unless we truly believe in building league as a college sport. Uh, so there's like tough decisions to be made there around like how you exactly go about that. That's everything from clearing houses. How do you build infrastructure to like at scale monitor grades of students to like manage eligibility? How do you manage schedules at scale where it's not just, hey, can you guys play at this time on this day? And can you guys, and like, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, we don't know what form it'll take, uh, but like no matter what, Riot either has to partner with people in order to make that happen, or we need to take it in, like do it ourselves. Um, and it's, there's like a lot of different ways I think we could end up going about it over time. But it's, you know, we believe in building this out over like 20, 30, 40 years. So we're not in like a huge rush to like make changes that are gonna, that are like very short-sighted. We're gonna take a really long-term approach to like all the, the way we look at the scene. May I ask a follow-up question? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, my follow-up question then is, what uh, what about college esports is more effective for developing esports than like the academy league that's already in place in the LCS? And I think Overwatch has one as well. Why is college more effective? Is it more effective for what the first caller to point it out of? It's it's a way to combat cultural friction with esports, or is it? Can you elaborate on that? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, I I don't think that it's necessarily more effective. I just think it scales farther. Like, let's let's say you wanted fifty million dollars to be invested in developing players. You either need ten academy teams investing five million dollars each a year into their into their programs, or you need a hundred schools investing five hundred thousand dollars each. Like, what what economics make more sense, and like what's the faster way for doing that. So like if a, if 300 schools are off, like build a program that's uh, eventually, like I'm hearing some schools are investing like one or $2 million into their esports program. Like how do you get to $600 million like being invested in just player development? It means you have a lot more opportunities to like weed out players and like learn what they're good at and what they're not good at. Um, so like just scale, I think that's, that's what I would say make it's better at. Is there a dog behind you, Sherman? There is. It's Vitamin. 
Vitamin? Your, your dog and my cat should fight because they've just been running around in the background. I'll show. Vitamin, it's so cute. Um, also, on that point, like, like if you're talking about like developing the very, very tippity top closest players to like maybe being LCS ready, then like the the Academy League is probably better for that. But yeah, heard there's and there's the 50 LCS pros, right? And then like you're not even you're arguably not even servicing half of the challenger ladder then if the, everyone on that is let's say hypothetically interested in going pro so like the collegiate scene will be able to like sherman was saying go much broader but it also appeals ideally to people who like don't have a chance of going pro like uh, i think people like we're not quite at the point where they'll be like d1 d2 d3 stuff uh like divisions like in college but i assume that that's something that people would be interested in at some point. Like, well, I'll never become the best League of Legends player, not even in college, but like, I like competing. I like playing league. And this is a, like an avenue for me to have that outlet. And that's something that college could service that pro esports never would. Yeah. I mean, just ni- like 99% of like college athletes don't go pro. And like the fact that 99% still get to go to college on a scholarship is like pretty uh, awesome. And like something that I'd, I'd love to see. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Amhub, for coming on. Rob, thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks. Well, that does uh, round out our time with Sherman. Sherman, is there anything that you want to say here at the end or any shout-outs, any plugs, anything that's going on? (laughs) No, uh, uh, thanks, uh, Travis, for having me on the show. Uh, I've known you and Mark for a long time. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, let us share and talk with some players. I don't get to do uh, a lot of this very often. So uh, thanks a lot. No, it's super good. And I think, uh, quite frankly, I think the conversation was, uh, I, we had some really great callers who I think made the conversation really fantastic. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for everyone who called in too. Cool. I'm going to switch over to a different scene before you hang up. Let me find it. <clears throat> while find you it. do that, I'll me, uh, kind of, while, while you find it and shut up, I will redirect to our new topic for the second half of this show. Unfortunately for Sherman, as he goes, we'll transition to the new meta. All right, I'm hanging up on you, Sherman. Wait, I can leave? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And don't forget to leave Discord, too, not just Skype. Will do. Uh, anyway, so there's the new meta. And if people don't know what I'm talking about, and maybe some people think this is only like China, because China's always been a little crazier, and it's like, oh, you know, this is just uh, some crazy stuff going on and in Brazil as well. It's like, this is not just going to happen in China. You'll see it in Korea later this week to some extent. You'll see it in North America. You'll see it in EU, and it's kind of the death, probably the only time we've potentially seen the meta actually, like, break open. Pretty much any time there's been another strategy, it's been like, oh, it's like one OP champ doing something a little fucking broken or like one item's ruining the game, yada, yada, yada. And this is a case where that's not really happening. And there's a variety of champions who can do this new stuff. And like, there's two basic new strategies. One is jungle mid, where you take some kind of, in China, it's mostly been moored, but some people are trying it with Braum. Some people are trying it with Tarek. It's Tarek E, that thing a lot of people have heard about. So you have a bunch of like, low econ things playing mid lane and giving up their farm to the jungler and then they power farm with the jungler and then there's uh bot lane which people are starting to play bruisers or hyper carries and instead of 80 carries so you're either going for a more or early game approach or like a different scaling approach so things like aurelia yasuo bot that kind of stuff so uh 
this will be the topic for people to call in moving forward. I'll go spam all this shit and chat again. No, that's not the right link. God damn it. Uh, uh, join the Discord. You can put it in, join whatever question you want to talk about. You think 80 carries are going to disappear. You think that's bad. You think 80 carries are mostly fine. You think this is just going to be a quick phase and we're not going to see the meta actually break open. Whatever it is you want to talk about, as well as I think this is great for Team Liquid. I think this is horrible for TSM. Whatever you want to talk about with regards to the new meta and the new split coming up, I am very excited to talk about this. I'm actually so excited to talk about it. I might record a video about it tomorrow. Mark Zimmerman creating content? I know that's not a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a little... Oh, I'm probably overexcited right now. Yeah. But, no, I actually think I will do, like, a, a fucked up weird power ranking of teams in that meta, hypothetically, if that's, like, what takes over. Well, uh, really quickly before we switch to that, I do have... A quick conversation to share with all of you guys about a company. A company, and, and by the way, I say company, but that is that is like a the, nameless, faceless corporation with no soul. Omen by HP. All right, we're just gonna we're gonna restart. We're gonna restart. <laughs> the whole show. Do we gotta get Sherman back? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, as we're transitioning into the second half of the show, I have a a conversation to have, a conversation to have with you guys about an amazing company uh, that has been supporting Hotline League for quite some time now, and supporting esports, I think, for even even longer than that. And competitive gaming, uh, you've seen them thing, do things like host or sorry, sponsor the Overwatch League. Uh, they sponsored CLG. They sponsor again this show. They've been doing some really cool stuff. I've uh, I've been working on a project with them behind the scenes, which will hopefully come to fruition soon enough. You guys will be able to see. But I do really appreciate uh, their sponsorship of the show. Um, and and while Mark also gets paid for the sponsorship, I love it. Um, I just want to say that I super appreciate uh, Omen by HP, and I appreciate all you guys. Who appreciate them as well because I have uh, had people shout them out on the show uh, you you guys tweet them you do all this stuff and uh, tr trust me they take notice of that stuff so it's the type of thing where they understand it's such you guys give them such visible uh, evidence that their support of this show is appreciated so I want to thank all of you so much for uh, supporting their support of the show uh, we're gonna have a link if you're watching the VOD right now in the uh, in the description, that's their Twitter. You can just go follow them or say hi to them, do whatever you want. And, uh, and yeah, just really appreciate their support. They have uh, some new peripherals that uh, came out. You guys can, can check those out. And we're also should be doing a giveaway of those probably on the next episode, if not the one after that. So stay tuned just, for all that. But thank you so much. I just much. want to give a quick shout-out to Travis for supporting your support of the sponsor that supports us. He does a great job cultivating a culture of accepting and promoting sponsorships and he couldn't do it without you guys doing it for the sponsor i think let's move on to the second half of the show uh we're going to be talking about uh maybe we might be wrapping a little bit earlier than that but we're going to be talking about the uh the new change the patch changes etc 
Mark, maybe really quickly as you're as you're grabbing people, you can you can tell me. Can we because do a caller? Uh, real question: Can we do a caller twice in a row? Like M Hub has another like good take that I think. I, I, I just... think the callers will revolt if we do that. We should we should grab okay, a, a okay, next yeah. next episode. You're right. You're right. Uh, but I I want to get your take, Mark, really quickly because everybody look there. My, I have never seen this before. And I'm certainly no analyst. I'm not a high ELO player. I'm not spamming ranked all the time. Uh, I'm a for fun player. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a given. You're in North America. Yes. Uh, but is is the sky falling? Is Riot Games design just just in shambles? Is is this the worst that League of Legends has ever been? Because that's what some very vocal people would have me believe. I think it's actually a matter of perspective. If you are an AD carry player who just wants to right-click champions, this you're probably not having fun, okay? And, like, I get that, and it sucks if you are an AD carry player who wants to play only AD carries. But for AD carry players, you're like, I don't mind playing other shit. This is actually awesome. And so I think even within the pro spectrum, you hear people saying they hate it and love it. Some mid laners are like, I don't want to play bitch boy-ass stuff, but, like, some mid laners are actually swapping roles instead of just swapping champs to avoid being like that bitch boy and stuff like that. And crazy stuff is like potentially happening. And so I think it will probably be a short term hit for the portion of players who do not enjoy the changes to their classes and to their roles. But for everyone else who it's not bothering, this is one of the best things to ever happen to League of Legends. Okay. If, if, it, if it goes correctly, because there's also a chance that like, it's just too much, and it's affecting too many people negatively. But if it's where I think it is, it's great. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I, now I'm just left confused because now it, you're saying it's amazing, and other people are saying League of Legends is dead and that they hate no. this game. All right, so people are saying it's dead, whatever. People are saying they hate the game. Some of them legitimately have a point. Like, I want to right-click things and build big crit items and do big crits. And you say it's like not that it's just not how it is right now. Maybe it comes back or whatever. But like, you know, if if that's the case, then like you're going to lose some players who want to play that way. Uh, but I think for other people, this is like the first time the meta, aside from like 2v1 stuff, this is the first time the meta's really changed in standard. Yeah. All right. Well, um... what do you think, Travis? Have you heard any of the crazy shenanigans? Yeah. And quite frankly, like. What's your thoughts? So if the old idea is you can play weird shit bot lane now. Well, first off, I've, I've heard that people are looking at the win rates of traditional ADCs, and they a lot of them are still hovering around 50%. Which oh, yeah, they're fine. Makes it sound fine. Uh, I think the idea of seeing, like, I, let's just, let's just take me as a spectator of League of Legends. The amount of times I've seen a game where Caitlyn's bot lane just, attacking away that is i've seen that a lot so seeing something new and unique i wish there was more meta shape up uh shake up quite frankly because i think that that is more interesting and some of the the lcs matches i've enjoyed the most or the international tournaments are where you see something really crazy um so i would like to see that and i i think one of the more shocking things i know i hate everyone's gonna roll their eyes as i say his name but like peter is one of the most vocal critics of League of Legends and ADC changes that I know, and him being in support of this change has made me feel like it. It's hard for me to take, like that guy bitches about everything, 
uh, and he seems to be in support of this. So there's something interesting going on there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think uh, he might be one of those players who enjoys it because I think it'll favor people who like being aggressive and stuff. So like he can now play Yasuo and dash on top of another eighty carry and int, uh, as opposed to only playing Lucian and having one dash to int. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure Doublelift will love these changes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's grab some calls. I added Imhub because the Twitch chat came out in a strong support of him. Wow, this is a record-breaking show. Anyways, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind having people on as long as I'm not going to get flamed by the Twitch chat. You know, Twitch yeah. chat is how I live my life. If if they're upset with me, I don't. You have such thin skin. Yeah. They go right through. Yeah, it's, it's like tissue paper. Straight to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, moving along as we grab our first yep. caller. Oh, we, we got him. It's Khan. Khan, who is a frequent caller and a Twitch hey. subscriber. He is, uh, he's here. Where are you calling from, Khan? Uh, Idaho. Idaho. Okay, very good. What do you want to talk about on the show today? Well, I want to talk about how this new meta, I, I love it. It's fun and stuff, but it's kind of, it'd be really annoying to me. And it's probably going to happen that Riot will change it to get back to the way it was. And that would kind of make this like month, maybe, maybe two, three or four weeks, just kind of useless. And it that annoys me, especially with it being a start of the summer split. And just like competitively knowing that there's going to be this blip in the summer split. It annoys me that there will be this blip in the summer split that might be like an asterisk, like, well, it shouldn't really count because like it wasn't the actual meta the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, but who says the meta is supposed to be any one way? Well, that's what I was about to say, too, is I think there was a post a couple months ago before this even happened where they said that they want to open up the bot lane to be able to have more than marksmen and supports down there viable. So I don't think it's a short term like, oh, this thing just randomly happened. Like, I think this was a design goal from what the their like messaging around it has been. And so I don't. You know, I'm sure they'll do the they'll monitor the data and see what the play rates are and see if people are enjoying it more than other things and, and see kind of what's happening. But assuming that they're not killing their game with this, I, I think it's it not necessarily is here to stay, but it's going to be something that they want to tinker with more than to go back to the old thing. I definitely hope that's the case. I mean, if it doesn't like it would just be annoying to see such a big change happen and then they just kind of revert it. Like maybe some, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other times we've done something like that, but it'll be definitely interesting seeing the is you know LCS and everything start and see which like because there's some media carriers like Double Left who love this, and then there's people like like uh, Sven on TSM who is just like this is the most stupid thing ever. You think we're going to start seeing some like sub tops play eighty carry potentially with some of the champions, or you think it's just just stick to that eighty carry player? I mean, so the thing is like. And this is where I hope we land is that like there's multiple viable strategies. Like if you watch LPL, like, yeah, there's some Yasuo and Mord and Pike and fucking whatever down there. But there's also Kaisa, Ezreal, Lucian. There's still 80 carries. So Sven is like, man, fuck this shit. I don't want to play that. Like, hopefully TSM's play style is just to their players versus like everyone plays the same meta because like realistically that the term meta in league of legends was pretty narrow compared to other like dota for example yeah like, i was gonna say one of the things that so calby who always likes to and he's not here so i can just mock him 
Me, you like don't earlier. Don't intune. Yeah, I know, but he's gone. I checked before okay. I said that. <laughs> you pussy. Man. Okay, that's that language is unnecessary on a family friendly show, Mark. Uh, he's like, man, you know, the, all these champions or heroes get picked at TIM every year, and why doesn't Ryan have this different? And oh, you can play this, but it's just the meta. So not you have people in every different lane, uh, and uh, like I, it's hard for me to argue with the idea that League doesn't. Like, I would like to see Peter suddenly switch to the mid lane or the top lane or be in the jungle and and have, uh, you know, Biofrost suddenly pick up some other... Like, this is all way more than where we're at, right? But, like, I do like the idea that, you know, in Champion Select, you don't know what you're, how everything is going to unfold just based off of what you're seeing. Um, and so I, I like the idea of the game feeling more less predictable and more crazy. Yeah, I think the, the tier meta in League has always been more about the champions you're playing and not like what you're actually doing. Uh, and, and sometimes it's like the meta is talking about how fast the game is and this kind of stuff, but it's never like there's a completely different role in bot lane. It's, it's like, no. Well, it's, I, guess, it's, I guess my idea of the meta has always just been like a top lane, like one, one, a jungler, and then two in the bot lane. Right. Like that's like, you know, things change, champions change, but that's always been the meta. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, and I just, do you guys think that like we're going to see some AD carries be subbed out for like sub top laners or like, do you think we might see like people in the bot lane just not be playing it if, if the teams just don't think that AD carries are a viable strategy? So like I was saying, I don't think we're quite there. And if we ever did get so far that you would swap your AD carry out, for a top laner who's just more confident on those champions, I think that we've probably gone too far in the crazy direction. No, let it happen. <laughs> I don't think I want to see Sneaky not playing. I want to see Sneaky playing and Sneaky have his champions. Sneaky wants to take the weekend off so he can stream. <laughs> okay, I don't want to not see Sven playing. How about that? Because, like, I want to see the good players play, and like, I don't want the meta to force them out of, like, their team. But I don't mind having multiple viable strategies that like, well, double lifts even better now because there's this other strat that he can play that these guys other can't, or like, you know, even like someone like, I don't know, turtle, like turtles fucking crazy, right? Like maybe this meta is just beast for turtle. And that'd be so cool that like that you pick turtle and he loses his mind, you know? And yeah. He- Cause I'm like, I see like people strats and I'm seeing people like solo and stuff playing bot lane now. On things like Darius. So just curious if we're going to see like some of the, you know, 80 carries, especially on like the lower teams be subbed out. I think what would be, I don't think you'd see them subbed out and maybe you will. And like I said, if I don't think that will happen in the short term. And if it does start happening, I think that it's a problem. And I would like to see them move a little bit back to normalcy in that sense. But I don't think it's so strong and so hard to play that, like, better players can't figure it out. Nope, never mind. Uh, Very good, Con. Thank you so much for calling in. I think it was a good discussion. I'm uh, super fascinated to see how this stuff goes, and I think you you kind of opened up the topic for us. So thank you. Yep, have a good night, guys. Yep, you too. All right, moving on. Uh, We've got some Twitch Prime subs, by the way, and some, I think, some regular subs, too. I want to thank everyone uh, for sending those along. Uh, let's see, we got a uh, child who subbed. 
Your boy Graf sent 500 bits and said deep takes on the NCAA like it. Hashtag quality content. B Sharkbait subbed. Rar Bear Toe has sent 400 bits and I think is the current leader. Uh, the Old Reliable has subbed and so many things uh, has subbed as, or sent bits as well. Uh, we got Baby Kangaroos here. And dogs barking outside. We got Baby Kangaroos here. How's it going, Baby Kangaroos? Where are you calling from? Good. I'm calling from the Bay Area. The Bay Area. Okay, I expected Australia, quite frankly. Mm, unfortunately not. All right. Well, uh, what? Uh, congratulations on your, your basketball team winning. I know that's a thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> what do you, what do you want to talk about recently? So, yeah. What, you say? what do you want to talk about on the show? So, I wanted to add on to you know that the variance that the meta brings is making the game much more interesting. And I think it will definitely help from an entertainment and production standpoint um, for LCS as well as you know, team content as well. So, uh, so you're saying from for team content as well? You're saying? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's sort of predicated on the idea that you know every LCS team has these sets of streamers, um, you know, double lift, sneaky, uh, different teams like Afromu, um, and I think it's going to be really entertaining to see how they adapt to you know this new meta, how they're playing on stream, how they're uh, talking about it as well. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of. Afromu's highlight videos where he's playing crazy shit like brand, um, bot lane, and playing, you know, getting that exposure out there. And I think, you know, that from a viewer perspective is really nice because I personally get bored of watching you know, Alistar, Caitlyn, Nami, those things on a stream every single time. You know, I want to learn about League of Legends or you know, chill and watch content. So you're saying like it'll increase engagement on individual streams, which will be good for the teams because like people will be interact. It like all this change kind of brings league fans closer to the teams because they're going to be showcasing like the new way to play the game. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a different way to engage, um, you know, more casual fans uh, like myself. You know, I could care less about which mechanical outplay happened between a Caitlyn, Nami versus Zaya Rakan matchup. Um, but if I see explosive, aggressive play of Pike and Brand bot lane, I think that's a lot more entertaining, interesting to me, especially even if it makes it to the LCS stage as well. Yeah. No, I hear I think it. I think that's pretty interesting in another way, too, where, like, if the game changes radically or has, like, more things viable, there's not just like drawing the novelty of it in, which is like what you're saying, but I think it potentially has like a longer term influence where it's like, hey, people need to understand what's going on, right? And so like educational streamers, which have honestly kind of not died, but like not been as popular, could could like be more useful in educational videos about like what's going on and why is this thing seeing play specifically? Because uh, yeah. right now it's like, well, why is why, like Kaisa comes out like why is Kaisa being played all the time? It's like because she shits on stuff and she's the best marksman right now. Like you don't mm -hmm. you can get into the numbers being really high. Plus, like these item power spikes are really good on her and yada yada yada. Uh, but like she's doing the same thing other marksmen have done for a long period of time. She's the right. hottest version of it. Whereas like, man, why the fuck is Mordecai or Shivana so good? in the mid jungle and it's like well they both have really nice dragon interactions where she gets extra stats and he gets this and they do really fast and she power farms and blah, like you know there, there's more to that strategy than just like oh well i picked victor 
because he's the best mid laner right now. Yeah, and I think it draws to the point that maybe the baseline of mechanical or strategic knowledge for every pro player, um, you know, meets a new standard because no longer will the jungle only need to care about, you know, jungle interactions, but they need to care about, you know, this new bot lane and how they can invade or put more pressure or less pressure on the map. Similarly, how, you know, Zven, if he's only playing ADK traditionally, he now needs to have this new mechanical or strategic adaptation where he needs to view the map in a completely different way. So it kind of brings up that parody of, you know, what that baseline strategic knowledge is for League of Legends. And it's less, um, you know, dependent on what position, defining what, how much you know about the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. I mean, I, I am really excited to see. I think one of the things that's fun for me is you should start seeing streamers trying really weird crap, right? Like I know that uh, that was something Peter was streaming the other day. I've seen other people doing it as well, and I think that that will also draw in interest as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think change is good for League. Look, I, I think it's time for the game to, to go through a, an experimental phase. It's yeah, hitting that age, could. you know. Yeah, if I could draw like a sports analogy, I think, you know, basketball has progressed from, you know, having this big men focus, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And now it's all about the wing players. It's about people who shoot threes, run quick screens, um, who make flashy plays at the rim, not so much about, you know, big seven foot rebounders. Um, similar, Similarly, football, you know, it's always moving from the run game, the pass focus, the more different offensive schemas, defensive schemas. I think it's good that there's this broader level of variance of how the game is played. And there's that baseline understanding of, you know, mechanics and strategy and all that. But within how that's evolving, there's more freedom of how the game can evolve and be viewed as well. Yep. Hey, baby kangaroo. So thank you so much for your call. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Have a good one. Moving on. Oh, how did we get three more? I thought we had two more. I put another guy in there. All right. Do you not want me to put another guy in there if I see another question? No, no, no. We're, uh, we're just pushing on time. Uh, it's Volk says resub for nine months. Loving the new setup, Travis, he says. Uh, Emelson93 has subbed. Thank you. Thank you, for everyone, for your support. Legitimately. You guys using your subs. You guys sending me bits. It's a beautiful for thing. For the first time. In Hotline League history, Amhub has returned. Amhub, where are you right now? Uh, I, I moved from my living room to my more like dining area, but still in Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Wow, is that like a laptop that you're working with, or did you like lug the whole computer over there? That's my it's my college potato laptop. That's exactly. Oh, okay, okay, very good. Uh, Amhub, what would you like to talk about on the second half of tonight's show? Awesome. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for this half. Um, but what I want to talk about is I think the meta is going to continue breaking open like it is for, like you said, to keep the game fresh. Riot has to do it to keep uh, keep the game from stagnating. But I think this is the worst thing to ever happen in North America in terms of international competition. And I think if the meta continues to break like this, we're going to see the worst showing ever for North America on the world stage. You don't ever come in here and just say, hey, man. I'm excited about this thing, and it's looking good. Things are going to be great. Why do you think M-Hub shows is the first guy to show up twice? First, he calls the NCAA indentured servitude, and then second, he said, 
this will be the worst international show for North America ever after we've not gotten out of groups and have lost the wild cards. M-Hub, uh, do you want to explain a little bit about what you're, what, what you're discussing? Uh, why, why is it going to be so that, bad for uh, any LCS? Broke up in like this. I think to this magnitude was the uh, juggernaut patch in 2015 for season five worlds. And uh, North America, I don't think made it out of groups that year, but if I'm not mistaken, from North America was cloud nine that year and they actually performed best for North America going there. And I think this comes from North America's tendency to be meta. They're meta slaves and they're not meta creators as opposed to Korea and China are meta creators. So North America is going to wait till the smarter people figure out they're going to try to emulate it. And in turn, there's going to be a dog chasing a car. They're never going to catch the competition. And so that year specifically, I think the reason why High and that iteration of Cloud9 saw success wasn't necessarily just because of High's amazing shot calling, but because strategy, regardless of whether or not it's seen as the most effective tactic and make it work for his team. And it proved, I mean, he did better than TSM that year, which was the stronghold from North America coming in. So I think if the meta keeps changing like it is, North Americans are going to simply follow what China and Korea do. They're going to do it substantially worse. And instead of just recognizing that they're incredibly talented at the game and molding strategies around what makes like what accentuates their strengths, they're going to get curb stop trying to emulate. I think I understand where you're coming from, uh, but I think if you're North America, you should. I I think you should be happy about this opportunity because if the game stayed the same way, like it didn't feel like you know we were actually getting close to Korea. Travis, I don't know how you felt, but like I didn't feel like we were like claiming substantial ground on it. And if the game is going to play completely different, like, yes, more likely than not, Korea will be the best region still. Or I guess you could argue China is right now. But one of those two... I would, I would say China or Korea, probably. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but either way, like, one of those two might still be the best region. But this might be, like, a way... By by leveling the play, playing field, by changing the way the game fundamentally is played in terms of its roles and stuff, like if you're the one of the teams that's down here and you're doing this, you should be happy about it. Now, maybe like you said, North America is just this region that tries too hard to emulate Korea. And so they lose to them and they can't do it. And then like some wild card region was like, man, fuck that shit. And they just like made up their own meta and it's crazy and no one's seen it. And then we lose to that too. Like maybe it is the worst international showing for us, but I do think I would rather see it do that. Like, yeah, um, I, that's my, yeah. My take is that this will create chaos in the sport and that increases the chance of of any of the lower skill teams showing up better which i think is very similar to what mark just said yeah so i think even if the lower teams show up better that's going to make domestic very exciting and international terrible and so my, my counter to that is is if you i don't know if i'm sure you guys did uh huge double of fans so i watched his most recent log preceding msi and he said something in it that i thought was really interesting and he said despite double lift being probably the best player in north america he said for the first time at an international event he felt like he belonged among that competition so what that said to me was it took double lift trial and error of what six seven years before he felt like he actually belonged among those players yeah but so I, you- peter could say that shit like four or five years ago like i I mean, I just don't – I think he's prone to saying really dramatic things like that. I'm sure he felt really good about his performance and he's like slipped up frequently. 
But Peter's a player that's been known to not have his, his best performances on the international stage. I don't think that that necessarily means that he, everybody else is like as prone to dragging behind uh, the rest of the competition, right? Yeah, I would say like Sorry IPL, to cut five, IPL 5 was his be- best international competition until this last one. Right? Like, I don't know how you, if you remember all of them, Travis, but I, yeah, I, would say. I think he did okay. At, it's hard because once you go all the way back to that stuff, like, you know, there's been other times, but, but potential, potentially, yes. Like, I, he also did really well at Shang, at the All Stars, the first All Stars in Shanghai, which was, you mean the one with like the mixed roster one? Yeah. 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 He got a pentacle there and yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I would not use Peter's skill set. Like, I don't think, just because it took this many years for Peter to feel confident on the world stage, which, again, in the past he's expressed confidence as well. I don't think that necessarily means it's going to take everybody else. And quite frankly, there are NA players that have had better performances internationally than Peter has in the past couple of years, right? So, Very fair. I, I, know, I really hope you're right. I hope, I hope this doesn't press a reset button on all the confidence North America has been building as well as a reset button on the meta. Has North America so, been building confidence? No, what else they're deep building up to this point? <laughs> I mean, I, my point is, I think if I'm an NA player, uh, I probably don't even consider this at all. But I could consider it. I don't think I, I consider it as, oh, no, the meta shifted. We've, we almost got him underneath that old meta. But now now it's all different. We have to re- we have to reread the textbook. Um, I think, you know, for for them, there should be a chance for like this creates additional opportunities for players to do crazy shit, which I think will make it, make it work well. To Anna Hub's point, I really do think if it turns out this thing where, you know, I don't think, like I said before, I don't really think like North America tries too hard to emulate Korea. Like, I, I don't think that's the case, I, I, but I do agree that like, if this meta, if we don't come in, if this is like as broken open as the meta gets and we'll probably get for a while, you know, we go into worlds and we're just doing the same things that everyone else in the world is doing, then I will be a little disappointed. Like, you know, that that C9 example you were talking about from that world, it's like the reason they did so good was they only, in the first week, they were the only ones playing Varus Tristana, or uh, Vigar Tristana. It's this really Vigar. weird siege comp they would run with it. Vigar Tristana. Uh, it's named after an individual whose name is Vigar. Uh, anyway. Uh, but to that point, like, I, I like when teams innovate. I like the Leona from... Uh, Misfits last year. I like that Vigar Tristana thing. And with the meta being this open potentially right now, I wouldn't want to see us go into worlds playing all the exact same stuff as other regions. I hope, M- you're, I hope you're right too. Imhub, thank you so much for your second call. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Love it. Have a good one. See ya. Hey, we got two more callers on the show today. Hello? Hi. Mark. The- Did you... Is that is that he he switches call, uh, channels every time? Uh, maybe he just goes in there and go, screams hello every single time. I don't know. Um, I would shout out another sub, but we haven't had any. Maddie Frag is here. Maddie Frag, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Long Island, New York. Uh, nice. And thank you for being a Twitch sub. Really appreciate it. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show today? 
I want to talk about how the meta as a whole, this whole bottom lane shift is meaningless in the long run because Riot wants to take advantage of their legacy AD carry players to, to uh, drive storyline in the LCS. Okay, okay, can you elaborate a little bit? So if um, I, I don't think that Riot intends for the bottom lane to shift in such a dramatic way in the long run, even though they have stated in the past that their intention is to change the bottom lane uh, to, to be different from just 80 carries, you know, they want to change it to have bruisers and AP champions. But in the long run, what has helped Riot the most is developing storylines for the LCS. And with players like Doublelift in North America, Reckless in EU, Uzi over in the LPL, it has been a very important part of driving storyline in the LCS has been these 80 carry players that have for the most part have had to do similar jobs and they have had to play a small amount of champions and all of a sudden the meta is completely changed to completely different champions potentially it could disrupt storylines in the long run and so i don't think that riot wants that to happen and so because of that they're going to yeah that, that's about well it. so here like the reason why I can understand what you mean, right? Which is, okay, in a world where suddenly Doublelift and Uzi and Reckless are not the best ADCs, uh, that really screws over Riot's like, storyline telling and all that stuff. Uh, the reason why I, I don't think that's really a consideration is that the design team and the esports team are such separate teams. Uh, they're literally in like separate buildings. Uh, they, they talk to each other, I think, but only... like. The, the design team, I think, has a vested interest in making sure that the game looks good whenever it's played in really competitive formats. They don't have a vested interest in the storylines, right? Like, it's never like uh, somebody goes over from the Riot production team and it's like, hey, guys, if you could you could crank up that Lee Sin, we've got a good jungler who's really good at Lee Sin, and if he starts winning, uh, we're going to be in a great place. We'll get extra viewership and people will start caring about his team. Uh, th that type of discussion just never occurs. And so I think uh, it's very unlikely, like, the e quite frankly, let's just put it this way. The esports team, in my opinion, does not have enough political capital to spend it on getting the design team to make design changes that are more fav favorable to their storylines. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was what I was going to say, too, pretty much. And I think... Like I said before, I'm sure Riot will monitor the data on this very, very closely as this is a big change. And like, I know the the lane swap thing that happened in competitive was like a really big change as well, but that didn't have a big influence on the actual player base because that was not like a significant number of players ever lane swapped ever. Uh, and here, a significant number of players do in fact play AD carry. And so I think what will influence Riot's decision-making on a meta like this the most by far is what does their internal data say about players dealing with this change. And like, if that means that like Uzi is not, is, is going to play Yasuo bottom or like Zin Zhao or something like that's just, that's just something that we're going to have to accept, you know, if, if it turns out to be better for the game or even neutral to the game, that's a potential reality. And what I would love to see, if, if the case becomes like, 
man, you just can't run 80 carries in the bot lane anymore. Like, dude, put that guy top and Lucian versus a guy. <laughs> like, let him just run over somebody with Lucian mechanics in the top lane. You know, I, I would love to see the game get to that point where, you know, we're less defined by what uh, place you go on the map and, like, what is your unique skill set in the game. If if you're high and you are, like, you know, the god-tier shot caller mastermind, like, fucking play mid-Brom, dude. It doesn't matter. Like, just, just lead your team to victory, you know, as opposed to... Or if it's, like, suddenly he should just play support or whatever it is. And then, similarly, if Uzi's, like, the mechanical beast he's always going to play effectively what is like the one position in Dota where he just gets funneled the most farm. And if that's in the jungle at this point in time, he just plays jungle or something. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I understand. The The concern I had was that if you change one aspect of the game where, you know, just the idea of ADC, which has been around for like years and years in the game, and all of a sudden that role gets dramatically changed where it's no longer playable in the same way that it was, a lot of players might you know, not like the game as much because they can't play this one role they like. I don't know how much of the player base that would actually affect, but uh, I was just worried that if the game changed significantly, uh, that we might see it change in the competitive scene and if that would negatively affect Riot in the long run. I mean, it'll be interesting, but I'm not convinced that, like, Uzi and Reckless and Peter are the best because they are just so good at Caitlyn. I think... Uh, or whatever other. I think they're just really good because they understand. I mean, I've, I've seen some of these guys off roll on stream, and it is not pretty sometimes. Well, so. yeah, but like they're that's, I, I mean, how many players are great off roll? I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But I, I just don't. I mean, I, like a guy like Piglet, fucking love playing Lee Sin and like mechanically difficult champions. So like he's probably a guy who would be down with it and things like that. He even played mid for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, these guys are pros, and if this is the way the meta goes and the best way to play the game, they're going to have to learn to play that. I think that's why you see in high ELO, a lot of pro players are, are trying this new stuff out, even though, like, in lower ELOs, I don't think the, the play rate of these new strategies is nearly as frequent because it hasn't had time to trickle down yet. So we'll see. You know, like, I, I, I think it'll be interesting. Thank you, Maddie, for your call. Yep. Thank you for having me. I also think it's worth noting that like 80 carries aren't that bad and Riot's not trying to get rid of 80 carries, they're just trying to get other stuff down. It's there. all over, Mark. Those <laughs> characters have basically been deleted from the game. Yeah. Totally did not have tons of 80 carry picks in the LPL last night. Definitely didn't. We got Mark Hubbard 14 who subbed. Thank you, Mark Hubbard. 14. Is that M Hub? Oh. Well, I don't wanna I'm not trying to dox people here, Mark. Uh, Kyo Flames has subbed as well. Thank you, Kyo Flames, for the support. Um, just as a recap, we got 600 bits in from Roberto, 500 from Yaborgraf. So many, many. Ooh, things. Roberto's a cool. That's a cool way to spell it. Event Nex Nexus is here. What's up, Event Nexus? Hey, how you doing? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Springfield, Massachusetts. Nice. Hey. That's like, isn't Springfield the, anyway, what do, you want, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I want to talk about the meta. Um, I find this meta hype as hell. Is it wacky? Sure. Um, as a periodic enchanter support, do I sometimes feel like a dainty flower getting trampled when I'm against uh, Yasuorn bot lane? Sure, sometimes. 
But for me personally, I get most hype for wild picks like and crazy plays like this. I think only a very small percent of the player base and even less of the viewer base gets hyped watching laners get small CS gains through intelligent trading and micro. Like it's a, it's an integral part of the game for sure, but it's not what makes League fun to play or to watch, at least not for me. Um, it's a way to differentiate skill to some degree at the highest level. But I think for a competitive, if the player is as fantastic as people think they are, they'll be able to adapt to the changes in the meta. Um, something that League is celebrated for is not being stagnant. Um, and they'll learn some new champions. You know, if the bot lane stays shifted away from ranged AD or wherever it is going to end up, and you can't play ranged ADs, I don't think you're a pro bot laner. I think you're just a pro range, pro ranged AD player. Interesting. Mark, what's your take? Uh, I mean, that's... I think something that is up to be seen because I think the idea of role swapping players is interesting as well. So if you are like, maybe both are viable as well. Maybe some players are like I'm the bot laner, I'll play anything bot, and then this guy's like, no, 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 I'm the ranged. Mark, I'm a marksman, you know, like, so I I go wherever that's viable. I think that's that's a really cool discussion to have, and like in dota like was arteezy i guess is a guy who will like you know play anywhere on the map yeah. if that's like what the strategy calls for and so like you know that's if that's the direction league is heading i think i think that's very interesting um event i know that oh go ahead i'm oh, sorry no you go i was just gonna say event nexus like what what in particular has you like are there any specific examples of stuff that's gotten you really hype i mean just just straight up seeing things that we're not usually seeing in lanes like just like double tank, like a tank for support in the bot lane doesn't necessarily get me that hyped, but you know, like double melee in a bot lane and seeing if it actually works out. Like, I think that's, I think that's kind of hype. I mean, maybe if you're used to training with, sorry. I feel like there was a very, very brief time in the past where people would try double melee. Like, wasn't there a Jarvan? I know that people ran Jarvan support, but they, I thought they'd run like Jarvan with another melee or something. Am I crazy, Mark? No, there was like season two. Picture of a goose did a bunch of really weird strats yeah. with like Jarvan Leona and yeah, uh, Talon right. Talon Leona or something. I don't remember. A picture of a goose was what five years ahead of their time. Six. They just six knew years. the meadow was coming. <laughs> they, <laughs> they were just like they they were like people talk about LCK figuring out the meta ahead of time. Like, boy, did a picture of a goose. So event nexus. I know in your in your thing you posted a couple specific examples of teams or players that you thought would do well, good or bad. So I wouldn't yeah. mind hearing hearing some of those and why, so, of course. So I think Echo Fox will do uh, quite well, assuming their issues at the end of spring aren't carrying over. Uh, I, I'm assuming they're fixed by now. I think they'll do very well because they tend to thrive in volatile environments. And TSM, on the other hand, tends to thrive with structure. So I think someone mentioned earlier. Spen, I guess, was complained during a stream or something. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I definitely, I definitely believe it. Yeah. Because, I mean, they were working out their own uh, synergy, if you will, on the team, and suddenly a bunch of people playing different champions, and if they do start role-swapping now, I think that's going to throw a serious wrench into how they seem to usually like to play. I think it's, uh, it's interesting because I think for both those teams, it... Depends if they roll swap at all, because my concern would be like Alltech and Adrian were at their best when they had like pretty independent champions, like, you know, Callista uh, that allowed them to kind of just like 
<laughs> yeah, they pick Calista, Caitlin, like these strong matchups and just like kind of go even or, or slightly win them. And that was when they're at their best and they're at their worst when they're playing like, I think, like really, I don't know what the word for, like really uh, interactive lanes, I guess. And so like, I would be concerned if, if they were trying to play against some of these these strategies. Unless, of course, you're talking about bringing Hooney down to the bot lane, and then it's like shit's completely blown open. Because up on the top side, it seems like you can pick some. It is interesting because in LPL they pay, they they pick like some split pushers in the top lane. And if people were doing like this mid jungle strat, which is really focused on hard farming, they were able to get some ganks off up on the top side, and then like that guy could kind of run away with the game sometimes. And it happened with Aatrox and stuff. So like maybe it works for Echo Fox, but I'd be really concerned about. Uh, well, one, I like the idea of Dardock getting super fed. That yeah. sounds really fucking awesome. I like the idea of Huni having a lot of room to work in the top side or potentially going bottom. That sounds really cool. But I, I am concerned about, like, what, what does that mean for Alltech and Adrian? I mean, you solve any issues you have in your mid lane. If they're just feeding Dardock, then who cares who your mid laner is at that point? Potentially. Uh, my prediction is we we have all this hype conversation, and then NALCS starts, and it's just uh, the same thing we've been saying for years. I mean, like, to be fair, the meta will still be somewhat like you'll, you're going to see as I swear to God, you'll see Ezreal. You will see Lucian. You will see Varus. You'll see Kaisa. They're kind of going. Some of them are going AP builds, depending on like team comps, I think, and stuff. Uh, so you that'll be cool to see, you know, Rageblade, uh, Nashers stuff on Kaisa and Varus. But like they're still, they still ultimately play the same way. Um, but the thing is, like Riot's going to keep tweaking this patch. And maybe that means like some small buffs to some AD carries to make them viable, but maybe some other, like, uh, I think 8.12 is the patch that introduces two more bruiser items uh, that's coming up. So, like, you might see more buffs to to those yeah. kind of class of fighters as well. So I, I don't think we're quite settled yet, and I, I hope I hope it goes a little, little further into the batshit crazy section. Yeah. I just wanted to, can I just say one more thing? Sure. So all, all this like league dying stuff, I mean, so many games like WoW have died like five times. Um, people need to stop worrying about that. And I imagine a lot of these changes that Riot is making in a lot of cases because Riot makes money from selling RP, right? It doesn't make money necessarily. I'm assuming they hemorrhage to some degree money from um, all the esports and everything else like that. They obviously get a lot from the uh, teams coming in, but they want the game to work well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that literally all of their focus is on making sure that competitive is going to be the best thing possible. Yeah. I, yeah, you're, you're right in a lot of ways there. I think they're trying to make that not as true as it has been in the past. I think they want to have esports start making its own money. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic of conversation. Thank you so much event nexus for calling in. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. And that is uh, that is our show for today. Ending a little early today. Um, but I want to thank everybody for coming in. Uh, a couple of people to shout out because there was a bit of a subtrain uh, at the end there. I don't Whoa. know what caused it. Uh, but uh, 900 Pinecones gifted a sub to Double Stixay. Astro Puma subbed. Your boy Graf subbed, Austin Hearth subbed, TSM Kazuto Kirigaya subbed. Hope right. I got that right. And Nick Smells 34 subbed. So thank you. 
those people showing their support. We are now only down 120 subs from last week as the great Twitch Prime purge occurred from 30 days ago around MSI. Mark? Yeah. You got anything you want to say here at the end? Uh, no, I probably will actually do a video discussing like which teams I think. I'm just excited that you've, you've decided to do something. It was a really tough decision. Really Contact. weighed my options. Yeah. I was like, do, do I want to lay in bed another day or do I want to turn that camera up? Yeah. And, uh, I'm still not hundred percent sure I could flip flop after another, you know, night's sleep. I really yeah. need to dwell on it. You know, I got to say, I don't, you know, I don't want to say anything about the nature of your relationship with Riot or if they've ever offered you a job. But, you know, the benefits of being a freelancer is that you, during the time off, have the ability to go work and do a bunch of things. In a world where in between LCS splits, you do nothing. I think a full-time salaried position with Riot would be very financially beneficial to you because you would still do nothing. Let me say... It was not my intention to do nothing this offseason. Okay. I was very, very busy all split long, both with riot work and independent work. And then somehow everything managed to stop at the same time. Hmm. And so that was a bit disappointing. But now somehow, once again, everything seems like it's going to start up at the same time. Again. Yeah. People uh, in chat saying I'm making fun of you for getting fired. I mean, you are, but no. What I'm not. No, I'm saying you could. Dude, you've joked about it like ten times. Uh, no, 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 no. My was, specific thing was I just don't know why you. you there are so many opportunities this. to make videos. You could have done. Thanks, guys, for stuff. watching. You can check this out. It's going to be on Travis Gafford's YouTube channel. Thanks to Sherman uh, for coming on. Really appreciate. It. Mm -hmm. We're gonna. There's some cool content going up. I, I started a new show called Stream Chat with uh, Pokey being the first episode. Please go check it out. It's up on my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and I'm going to be at E3 this week. I don't know if anything's going to come out of that, but I'll be at the Fortnite event. Uh, so my Twitch channel, or sorry, my YouTube channel can continue to complain about the Fortnite content hitting it. Uh, other than that, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for watching live. This has been Hotline League, episode 31.